you have a mostly chronological story, but the opening chapters are not the strongest or most interesting, but they are important. In which case, a single chapter or a couple of chapters in the beginning that are out of chronology and then moving on from there might be the best solution. Stevens, the New York Times best-selling and award-winning author of the kick-ass Vanessa Michael Monroe thrillers, and this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt, one word at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and you had the order for that one word at a time just perfect, which is appropriate for our topic today, which is chronology. And dealing with things that 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 don't flow chronologically in in fiction and we are going to get to that but i've got to ask you taylor now that you're doing video and and things like that all the things that you used to be absolutely terrified about doing um are are you finding yourself becoming more comfortable with it or is it still cause your hair to stand up straight when you uh stick the camera in front of yourself it's getting a little easier. Um, there's a learning curve, like more than just not wanting, like I don't like being on camera, but besides that, like my brain is so full of stuff that I already have to take care of that whenever there's something I have to learn and there's a learning curve, I'm just like, oh, it seems like such a big deal and I don't want to do it. But I found that it's not as complicated as I thought it was and um, I'm starting to get it down and I'm sorting out technical issues with my microphone and little by little it's coming along and I'm actually starting to have fun with it. And I kind of know a little bit about this stuff, so if you ever have any questions, you can let me know. But I like—I know you like you—you really are enjoying just sort of wrapping your arms around the whole Patreon thing and and just charging off with it. It is fun and and. I do hope to get more responses from the patrons themselves of what I can do to give them what they want. So with in the gaps, I'm coming up with stuff on my own. But my goal is to make it where I'm not guessing at what people want from me and I can just give you what you need so eventually i'm hoping to get there and i mean that's sort of the way this show evolved we we started out guessing and then we started getting more and more feedback from people and listener questions and things like that like we'll be talking about today the topic for today's show came from a listener question and it it really allowed us to form a direction for the show and it sounds like that's what you're talking about with your uh being able to do for your patrons as well yes absolutely and i have to say I particularly enjoy these little slice-of-life type videos that you do. There's one that you did very early on that I think you were – that it may have already been taken down because I know there was a time limit to it. But it was – I mean that was a cool little look into your life that most of us have never had. Yes, I'm so private because like everything of me gets put out to the public. I've got nothing for myself. And so I have a few little things that I'm like, mine, all mine. And so um, it, it's hard for me to let those go too, but I might get better at that as well. All right, you ready to get to this week's topic? Yes, I am. Okay, so we got a listener email a couple of weeks ago. Taylor, do you have it in front of you? 
I do have it in front of me, and I want to say thank you so much to Scott for sending this in. It's a fantastic question. And he asks, how do you manage non-sequential chronology? I'm wrapping up the second draft of my second novel, and I'm thinking that the strongest opening scene may not be the first chronological scene, yet the earlier scenes are not just exposition. They really do serve an important story purpose. It's a tricky problem, I realize, and it can smack of gimmicky if mishandled. I'd be interested in learning whether you've written a non-sequential form, and if so, what criteria you use to choose that structure, and also how you handle the transitions. Can we tell him what not to do? <laughs> yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? I absolutely know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Um, okay, so I have written two books that go not in pure chronology. They're, they're not sequential. Um, the first was The Mask, which is the fifth in the Vanessa Michael Monroe thriller series. And the, re the, the thing that Steve is laughing about is um, in that book, I did not give each chapter chapter numbers because I felt that that was kind of redundant chapter one, chapter two, if you've got other headings. And instead of that, I did it by days because the, um, there was a countdown, a sort of like a clock we, that we were counting down to. And the story started before the clock got started, though. It was prior, leading up to day zero, day one. And I did day minus something, like T minus three, T minus to, you know, counting down. Um, but I would, so many, many readers did not catch the minus sign in front of the, the number. Like instead of day minus 68, they read it as day 68. So the story was mostly chronological, but in readers' heads, it just bounced all over the place because they never saw that minus. I will never do that Again. And I, I made that horrible. joke in the beginning because it's sort of an insider joke for people who have listened to the show for a long time. We've talked about it multiple times. So if you're a longtime listener, you knew exactly what I was talking about. But for new listeners, Taylor just explained it. Yes. And so um, don't do that. And if I ever had to do that again, I would do actually spell out the minus. So in the mask, I chose to go slightly out of Chron I can't pronounce <laughs> the word one. chronology because as this question suggests, the first chapters were not the most explosive. They they didn't they they if if they, it had followed the exact chronology, it would have let somebody coming into the series new think it was almost more of a domestic story versus the thriller that it was leading up to. But we needed those earlier chapters to lay the groundwork of what was to come. So exact same problem here. And what I did and probably would have gone off, pulled it off without a hitch, without that minus issue, was I took a scene from the middle of the story where the main character finally begins to clue in that Things are not what they seem. And it was a fight sequence and put that up at the beginning and then ended that fight sequence with that thought of this is wrong. But to really grasp how this story 
came to be, you had to go back to the beginning, back before the lies, back before whatever, and, and then it moved into more of a sequential chronology form. Um, that was how I played that one off. And I had many discussions with my editor and with my agent about it. Because when it comes to chronology, you go out of chronology at your own risk. There's always a risk. And I've read a number of books that flow outside of chronology. And some of them really pull it off well. Uh, I have read a book that did very similar to what I did, where it was just one out-of-sequence scene where, you know, they are literally driving over a cliff and then how they got to that point, like rewinding all the way back to the beginning. I've also read books where the chronology jumps all over the place. And what I found as a reader when the chronology jumps all over the place is it's impossible to keep it straight in your own head when it's just based off of dates and places like, you know, something 1998. And you know it's in the past, but then the next one is, you know, some other place, 1992 or whatever. It's really, really hard as a reader to keep that chronology straight in your head. And so what you end up doing, at least me, um, for the sake of just moving on with the story, is just going, oh, that happened before. And not trying to keep the actual sequence of events straight in my head just before and now. And so that leads me to what happened with the second book, which is not yet published. And so it's a little more difficult for me to go into explaining it. But it's a story in which it is impossible to have the present without the past. And the past takes the, the scenes of the past that matter take place over multiple locations, multiple time periods, and in for multiple people. And wanting to avoid what I find to be cumbersome as a reader, my solution in this case was not to head each chapter with time and place, but to head each chapter with person and age. How old were they when they took, when this happened, and then the location in which it was happening? And in that way, it allowed the reader to know exactly who we were talking about, and how old they were, which is a much different way of doing chronology than just years. And it's, it's a, a thing that makes sense to us as people and the way we process information. It is easier to hold on to that and put it in order if you know how old someone was when something happens versus what year it happened. And especially true in this sense because there were there's four or five characters interwoven in this story. And so if all you're doing is jumping back to the to the year that it happened and you've got four people and each one is it's impossible to keep track of the the chronology that way. So my solution was age. Date things by how old that person was. And those scenes were played out in real time, not not like flashbacks, but actually as if we were there at them as a 12-year-old or them as a 15-year-old or whatever. And um, I think it works. Steve has read the story. What do you think, Steve? Did I pull it off? No, it totally works. It, it totally works. And I, I mean, you did something similar, not with the headings, but in, in the first book, in The Informationist. Um, there, was current, there was a current timeline story and a past timeline story. 
Yes, but I think that if I remember correctly, the past timeline story was only the prologue, and it just said four years ago, and it was just that one, one opening chapter. But it was the same concept concept of it wasn't a year. It wasn't like this took place in two thousand or something. It was four years ago, and everything else after that was flashbacks. Yes, flashbacks. That's what I was talking about. There were a lot of flashbacks that, in effect, become like a second storyline. Um, where you've got the current time storyline and then uh, a storyline that's based on flashbacks that takes us through the character's history, and then everything sort of comes together and makes sense. And and to yeah. do that is really hard. <laughs> um, thanks for bringing that up, because that's a really, really good point that I should have remembered here. And that is that that is another aspect of chronology is – are you doing your scenes real time? Like, even if they're flashing, even if they are taking place in the past, are you doing them real time? And, or are they as flashbacks? Because if chronology is a problem and you don't want to mess with chronology in that sense, then flashbacks are the way to do it, to, to go back to, in time without messing up the chronology of a story. But in this particular question, I think it's similar to in The Mask, where you just didn't, instead of a whole story that bounces all over the place, wherein flashbacks might be better than actually writing out of sequence, um, depending on the story and depending on your skill as, as an author, in, in this case, you have a mostly chronological story, but the opening chapters are not the strongest or most interesting, but they are important. In which case, a single chapter or a couple of chapters in the beginning that are out of chronology and then moving on from there might be the best solution. So I think it's going to depend on, like, your options are that that where you have a few in a few out of chronology and then the rest of the story moves through as it should, or you have one that's jumping all over the place, or you work primarily through flashbacks. So those are basically, I think, as far as I know, the three options. There may be others that I'm just either overlooking or I don't know about. So if somebody else has got a solution for this, let me know. Yeah, you might save me for myself in a future story. But in this particular case, I'm thinking separating the chapters. Just be really, really clear so your readers know how the chronology is supposed to flow. Because you always take a risk when you break chronology. If it's just the opening scene, sort of like you did in The Mask, I mean, we've all seen movies that begin that way and television shows that begin that way, and it, it's just there's there's this big dramatic scene, and then at the ending it's like, wow, how did we get here? And then you go back and there's like a, a little – some text on the screen that says four days before or three weeks before or whatever. So I, I'm not sure. I, it's unclear to me uh, on reading Scott's email if that's – the only aspect of chronology he's talking about, or if he's actually talking about like two different timelines through the book. Well, because he says it can it can it can smack of gimmickry if mishandled, and it's true. Like if you don't if you're splitting your timeline like that, where you're just moving something from the middle or the end up towards the beginning to make it more exciting, if it's not handled right, it can feel sort of cheap. Um, and, and that's where the skill of an author comes in, is finding a way to to bleed that in. And another thing that I did in The Mask 
under editorial guidance is I had that original chapter up at the beginning that came from sort of the middle. It came from day seven of of this, you know, long. We have a the clock from day one. It ends at day three, more or less. Uh, sorry, day 23. So it came from day seven in the middle of the action all the way up to the beginning. And um, one thing that when I when I started getting into the actual meat of the story, so much of the opening sequence of day seven was copied into the true chronology of day seven. And my editor kept working on me until I got it changed enough to where it was different enough that the reader didn't feel like they were having deja vu, but they knew exactly what scene it was talking about and the, and the dots got connected. Okay, for people, I, I think we've probably answered Scott's question if we understood it correctly, but I, I have some other thoughts that, that come to mind, and, and specifically about the new book that, that is not, has not been published yet. I remember you talking on a, on a previous episode about pulling the book apart and writing it that way to get it to flow properly. When you pulled it apart, were you pulling it apart by character or were you pulling it apart by time or both? By character. Okay. And then um, because each character's uh, – this is something that my agent was real clear to me on She because chronology can be a really pro- a real big problem. And to get it to get it right can be tricky. And my agent said, if you're going to – Pull, to mess with chronology, then you need to make sure that each person's story individually flows chronologically. So even though person A might have a scene in, early in the book that takes place way, way back, and person B might have a scene that takes place even further earlier than that, the point was that each person's story had to flow so that they they weren't if oh I'm finding it hard to say but let's say that person A has a scene that jumps back 20 years in time and let's say that they have another scene that jumps back 22 years in time as that story's per, that person's story is woven through the bigger story it needs to flow chronologically so that they are not going 22 then 24 years back, that it would go 10 years back, eight years back, seven years back, and you're moving them forward in time in each person's story so that you don't have this mishmash where it's all over the place. It's like their story might not chronologically fit exactly with somebody else's, but it's still going to have that flow where it's still going age zero to age 60 in a chronological order via the flashbacks. So it's all mixed up, but you're not going to have somebody show somebody at age 10 in one scene and then the next scene show them at age 5. It's going to go 5, 10, 15, 20 in the flashbacks, I, if that makes any sense. It's a very confusing story, and it's, it's even hard to try and explain it. Well, let, let me, from a reader perspective, because I've, I've read a lot of stories that, that have these components – and the best ones are the ones where when you leave a timeline and a storyline and go back or forward where you go, oh, you know, I, I just I'm, – I'm so wrapped up in where we are now. And then you either go back or forward and you're in the new timeline for a while and it changes and you go, oh, 
And it, it's just back and forth where each time there's there's an ending where you just can't wait to get to that next part of the book that involves that, and you're just trading back and forth. But each of the two timelines are captivating on their own. So it, it's, it's like you're moving back and forth between two stories, and each one is better than the other, if that makes any sense. It does, and then that's also another challenge with chronology or interweaving stories because I've read books where the one – of the timelines just got boring to me and I would just skip and follow the other because that was the one that, that interested me. So if you're going to be jumping chronology that your challenge then is also to make sure that each timeline is as fascinating the other. And I kind of ran into this a little bit, not with chronology, but with the timelines um, in the doll where we had things going on with Miles Bradford and his team in the United States. And we had things going on with Monroe and her life in, in Europe. And the chronology had to weave together seamlessly between time zones where, because they were affecting each other and you couldn't have one person do something earlier in time than the other person with the cause and effect of all that was going on, which was quite a bit of a challenge to, to weave that together. Um, so that's another form of chronology that, that can be tricky to handle is multiple people in multiple time zones. And you can, you can fix that or work with it by where you set your scenes and like where the action begins with each scene. And then if you need to catch up between the times, you can do that through flashbacks or memory or thought of the character in real time where they're flashing back to something else. And it keeps the chronology smooth in, in that way as well. Scott, I hope we've answered your question. If we didn't, uh, or if there's any, if there's a small part of it, if you have a follow-up question, you've got the email address. Send it back, and we'll address it in a, in a future show, maybe in the chit chat portion, or maybe just as a as a part of an overall Q and A show where we answer questions from multiple people at the same time. Uh, listener question for this week is. If you have a question, I know we asked this last week, but if you have a question, I really like the idea of having these shows. I mean, this was a great show, and it was really targeted because Scott's question uh, warranted a, a full show in, in answering it. But a lot of questions can be answered in five minutes, and I love personally having those shows where we can just sort of bounce from question to question to question and you know maybe deal with four or five questions in a single show. So if you have your questions, send them to us via email. Uh, we would love that. The email address is on the website, which is taylorstevenshow.com. Uh, or, or you can just send it to taylorstevensbooks at gmail.com or use the hotline or whatever. You know, we've got all these different <laughs> ways of, of connecting with the show. Taylor, any words of wisdom before we wrap up today? Well, I just wanted to say, like, in this situation, um, if someone has some material that they're willing to let me actually play with and get my hands on and show me what what they're talking about, I can put that on Patreon and give you a much more in-depth answer than what we're capable of doing here on the podcast. Great idea. And how do people learn more about your Patreon account? Patreon is www.patreon.com slash Taylor Stevens. And we will have a link to that in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back in your ear next Tuesday. Meet with you guys next time.